Studios. It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Kansas is nothing to scoff at. Only two losses on the year. And you look at that UCF game, Oklahoma didn't play their best. Maybe there was a bit of a hangover after a bye after the Red River win. I look at this OU team. I'm a big fan of Dylan Gabriel, what he's doing this year. And yet they're not a team that's running the football nearly as efficiently as they need to in order to continue this stretch. Why do you find yourself in such a close game against UCF? Well, because you're relying on things that are, and you hate to say it this way, but unreliable. We talked about this on Monday with a team like Michigan, who relies on things that are reliable. Run game, toughness, physicality. Whereas OU, they don't have that run game this year. They just have not been dynamic in the run game. They don't dominate stretches of games in the run game, which means that it's going to be more about Dylan Gabriel and the timing and the efficiency and the rhythm of the passing game. Now, do I think Oklahoma is going to play much better? Yes. Is Kansas going to be equipped with their backup quarterback to stay with Oklahoma? No. Oklahoma has won 18 straight, all by double digits. They're favored by double digits, and I believe that they cover. I like Oklahoma, and I'm giving the 10. Reasonable assessment from Joel Klatt about the Oklahoma football team right now. And, hey, everyone can see it, right, that the run game is the the final box, really, to check for this football team. Passing game, efficiency, all of those numbers are some of the best, if not the best, in the country. Defensively, um, checking a lot of boxes, doing really, really good. Now, I know the special teams factor is there, kicking field goals, and you know we've given up some big plays, but the run game is the real critical factor that's not really up to par with not just what we want it to be. Those that are kind of ranked in the same area as we are. Yep. Right? We, we've got to be able to run the football better than what we have. And I believe it to be, I don't know how, how you want to distribute the blame, uh, but I would say the majority of it, falls on the running backs oh yeah yeah I, I feel like the offensive line has made strides week in and week out not like huge strides, you know but they've been they've gotten better mm-hmm. as the year's gone on uh the running backs I can't say that man they, they started at feels like they started at this place at the start of the season and they haven't really progressed much at all as the season has gone on um but Joel Klatt did say that Michigan can rely on things such as a strong run game toughness physicality mm-hmm. Sean on the text line says I thought Michigan relied on knowing the other team's plays. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't you mention that one, Joel? Well. Nice job, dude. I think he's talking about offense, I guess. I don't know. Um, they can run the football really well. It, it, is, it is a little interesting, though, uh, with OU. Like, their rushing output against Texas, I don't think it's the most rushing yards they've had in a game this year. But can we all agree the game that we walked out of saying, huh? Oh, the run game was pretty good today. Was against the best team, like by far, that they've played up to this point. Now, I, yeah. I know Dylan Gabriel had a huge factor in that, but it's just interesting right. that whether you think that was the best front seven that OU's played or not, Texas is in the conversation. 
the best team that they played was felt like the best day they've had in the run game. Yeah. I still I, – I don't think we've had a 100-yard rusher yet this season outside of Dylan Gabriel, have we? We look, I think Tawi – did Tawi have a 100 against yeah, SMU? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he had, he had 117, 21 for 117 against SMU. And I know we've rotated through a bunch, and, and that's fine, but – you know, I think they're at the point where if someone was able to take and run with it, and I think that that's been Tawi, that they would say you get every single carry if you can make guys miss, extend plays, do all the things that we're asking for you. I mean, I don't, I, I think they're probably past the, the you know keeping fresh legs and rotating, and you always rotate some. I'm not saying that, but. I think they're ready for someone to take the crown and be the guy. Oh, but yeah, Lebby said just, that. Yes, I, I yeah. think he said it this week. If not this week, it was last week. Like, yes, they, that's what they, they're waiting on for that to happen. They're waiting on somebody to do that. just hasn't happened up to this point. Yeah. I mean, if it happens this week, fine. I, better, uh, better now than never, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting – this football season's flown by, and we're getting towards the end of it. Somebody needs to uh, step up before they get to that championship game on, uh, in early December. But I would prefer for it to happen um, this Saturday. But but Ooh, I did mention you're it, already uh, manifesting them into the Big Twelve correct, championship yes. game, huh? Manifesting okay. is the word of the week so far. So I am I manifesting like a Big Twelve championship. No, I just said in passing though that I feel like the offensive line has gotten better week in and week out. Really, since that Cincinnati game, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, how true is that? What's like the current status of the offensive line at this point? Where, where are they at? Uh, I think they're. I think they're doing good stuff. Now, um, they've had to move some bodies around a little bit, but I think Caden Green, the more reps he gets, you can expect him for a bunch of reasons. Like He hasn't played a whole lot of football at this level. Uh, he has just recently made the transition from tackle into guard. So he's going to continue to get better and better at that spot, which, you know, the ceiling for where he could end up by the end of this season is really high. He's going to be really good. Um, and the right guard situation, I don't know what the the status of Metallier is. You know, he ran out there for that field goal play yeah. last week. Yeah, that was interesting. So yeah, and he was all dressed out and ready to go. So you have to expect that if if he did that last week, he's going to be even closer this week. Now, do they try and let him go? Probably would rather not um but i expect schaefer to get better if he's there and you know this that rotation to continue to get better with more opportunity um but i think when metallier's ready and he's healthy he's going to be back in there speaking of caden green being a first-year player um parker and i were talking about this earlier just how Fun it is and exciting looking into the future. How many first and second year players you have not only contributing, but contributing at a high level right now. And Caden Green's one of those, right? He's a first year player. Nick Anderson is having a really good year, second year player. Peyton Bowen, PJ, Gentry Williams, R. Mason Thomas, Jaron Kanick, RSJ here moving forward, Josiah Wagner. I know he hadn't played a ton this year, but he's been banged up. The amount of first and second year players, especially on defense, man, 
I don't remember the last time I've seen this many first and second year players and said, ooh, they're playing really well right now, and a lot of these guys have uh, the potential to be stars. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. And they're going to have to be stars. The The bar is constantly being raised, and um, you know those guys are doing a really good job. And just remember that the the deeper we get into the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables' tenure here, the better the young guys are going to play and the quicker they're going to come online. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case across the board. I'm just saying on, av- on average, right, you're not just going to start having a bunch of Peyton Bowens out there. But the higher level of knowledge in each individual position group the guys that come in usually pick it up way quicker because everyone has the answers, not just the coach, right? Yep. So I would expect those guys to be able to play better and better earlier and earlier. By the way, head coach Brent Venables, according to CBS, he is at a one right now on the five scale of uh, job security. He's at safe and secure. Five is win or be fired. Four is start improving now. Three is pressure is mounting. Two is all good for now. One is safe and secure. Zero is untouchable. They did some uh, midseason hot seat rankings, and I remember us scoffing. Brent was at a three uh, before the season started, and now he's uh, back at a one after a uh, or at one, I should say, after a seven and zero start, according to CBS. Safe and secure. Well, it should be a zero. Untouchable. Right, I guess that that the zero is probably reserved for recent championship coaches like a Kirby Smart or a Saban or something like that. Um, but I mean, there's there's no scenario. Well, I guess I shouldn't say no scenario. You never know what could uh, what could happen. But he's in a really really good place. And this team is quickly getting more and more competitive. I'm just uh, ready for the day where Clemson thinks they're going to get him back as the head coach because I feel like that day is coming at some point. Yeah. That'd be their number one. That'd be He'd be number one on their wish list, I, w- I would guess, for what, yeah. he, what he looks like, uh, what, he, what he's done this year, what it looks like he's going to continue to do, and what Clemson hasn't been ever, ever since he left campus. I it, it feels like whenever Dabo leaves, if that's in two or three years, They'll make uh, Brent priority number one, but I don't think for a second that Brent would leave OU to go to Clemson. I don't think that would happen. Now, I saw a something came across my timeline. I, I don't know who it was, probably some Joe Blow, but it was talking about what four of the ACC teams leaving to go to either the SEC or the Big. Did you see that? I saw. I, I mean, I saw a story that I didn't. I didn't read it. Um, didn't feel like it was worth my time for whatever reason. But other ACC schools are starting to or, – or bracing for other ACC schools to leave, something on those lines. Yeah. I think it was after leaving after the 25-26 season or something like that. And I don't know. I, I guess, like, the only thing I, w- I was wondering, does the Clemson job become equal – or more um, desirable if they're in the Southeastern Conference? The Clemson job, I think, becomes more 
desirable if it's in the SEC, yes, but can it match up? Like, still with that, can it match up with the OU job? Man, the Clemson job really feels like it's fallen off the past three years, you know? And they're in the ACC losing games. What, have they lost three years already? So maybe it boosts the profile of Clemson, but what is their SEC readiness at this point, if that makes any sense? So I, I don't know. It raises their profile, I'm sure. I'm sure it helps recruiting as well, but does it elevate it past the OU job? I, don't, I just don't think that's the case. Well, okay. Well, hang on a second. Does it elevate it past the OU job for Brent Venables? Um, I just don't think Brent would, would, would leave here, man. And I know that we said that with the last guy. I think that this situation's quite a bit different. I don't. I don't think that that would elevate the Clemson job past OU for for Brent. No, I don't. Just just yeah. with the way that, just with the way that everything's going right now, and, and the talent that he's seeing come on campus right now, the success they're having in recruiting. Like I just, I, I think he feels like everything's in a really good spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. I agree. I agree. And I don't. I don't know. It, It seems premature to talk about Dabo leaving that job, or like they're not going to fire him. I mean, he's a zero, isn't he? Well, he's on that at, scale, he's at a, he's at a two on this list, actually. Really, two on this list. Maybe he was at a one last week, and after he said, "Well, maybe we should start losing games, get people off the bandwagon," and they go out and lose to Miami. <laughs> maybe they're changing their mind out there. But oh uh, yeah, I he, he's at a two on this list, which it's crazy uh, that he's on a two and he's he won him two national championships and played in what two other national championship games since he's been yeah, there in a very short period of time, and uh, taking them to a national prominence that. They've never been. And I know what they won a championship back in, what, the early 80s or something, right? It was 1981 is when they yeah, won the, theirs. The year I was born. But God, that is a long time ago. Man, I, I didn't even, think about it that way until you said that. I know. Miserable, isn't it? I, I just – they've never been to the prominence that they are now or have been recently. So, I, I mean, they're – Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you talk to, I think they're tied to him. Uh, Tom Allen at Indiana is at a five. I think they've lost like 16 of their past 18 or 20 of the past 22 Big Ten games, something crazy like that. Jimbo's Man, it went downhill right after they – didn't they extend him after that COVID year? Yeah, they beat Penn State, right? Didn't they beat Penn State like the first game of the year? It was, it was an yep. epic game. with, with my, Michael Penix Jr. was the Penix, quarterback. Yeah. yeah, it's gone downhill since then. Jimbo's at a four. <laughs> Jimbo said, at, "At this point, it just sounds like uh, can they, if it continues to go bad, can they afford the seventy million dollar buyout?" And, and here's how crazy the buyout situation is at Texas A&M. I went back today and I was looking at how much uh, Kevin Sumlin got from A&M and buyout money because I thought it it was a lot. I thought it was a large amount, and I looked and it was just over ten million dollars. And I said, "Oh, that's not bad." It feels like A and M got off a little cheap with that uh, Kevin Sumlin buyout. That's how crazy the that's how crazy buyouts are in college football on the seventy million dollar buyout. Like, oh, ten million—that's not that bad for someone. I know people are mad at Jimbo Fisher because he hasn't he hasn't done anything. He hasn't lived up to any of the expectations that that they set on him, that he has set on himself in the program, and they're mad. They. It's misplaced anger. 
they should be mad at whoever thought it was a good idea to offer up that contract for Jimbo Fisher to sign there. Yeah, there are always going to be unrealistic expectations with those numbers. Always. Just ridiculous. They got played big time. Yeah, they that, did. In any other industry, that is it's not just a fireable offense. It's like it's it's nearly criminal. And shareholders of a business would burn you at the stake if you made a deal that bad, right? (laughs) The fact that in college football, it's just, oh, well, yeah, we'll talk to the donors, see if they can pile up a bunch of cash for us. It's ridiculous. Lincoln Riley's at a one on the five scale. Uh, Unless he continues to use up all his sick days, then it could get up to a two by the end of the year. Oh, a one? Uh, Lincoln Riley's a one? Are they crazy? There is no way that Lincoln Riley and University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables are at the same spot at their current locations. Sure doesn't feel right? like it. Oh, I mean, one meet, one town hates one guy already, and the other town just this, – this coach can do no wrong at this point, it feels like. I'm not saying he's in danger of being fired, but oh, he's the, the feeling not around in the those same two position coaches, as yeah, Brent Venables. It's, yeah, it's not close. It's really the exact opposite, to be quite honest with you. Right. Um, Sam Pittman's at a three. Come on, Sam. Come on, man. Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I like me some old cold beer. He's a few losses away from having plenty of time for some old cold beer. If he doesn't get it. Plenty of time and plenty of cash to enjoy him. You think he'll still hang out at the be- uh, the uh, the lake house with the red eye Razorbacks? Yeah, the, the Razorback that lights up at night? Heck yeah, yeah, that's where he's retiring to. Napier's at a two. Marcus Freeman's at a two. Greg Schiano's at a one. Eli Drinkwitz is at a two. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Freeman's at a two, and his team just destroyed Lincoln Riley's team, who's at a one. That don't make any sense to me. No. Now and again, Freeman was beforehand. People were people were questioning, so I do understand that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up, hanging out at Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC here in El Reno. Uh, Tons of inventory here. They've got the best service department around half-price oil changes on Saturday. Come see us. Bleed Crimson. Love great Sooner Talk. Join the Ref Army by downloading our free app. Toby and TJ, Plank and Josh, Steelman and Thune, and Teddy and Tyler. We have the Sooner experts. The Ref is home to Sooner fans worldwide. Introducing the Oklahoma Breast Center, a beacon of hope in the fight against breast cancer. With the guidance of Dr. Disley. It's the rush on the Ref, Tyler McComas. Teddy Lehman, Teddy's hanging out at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno today. And on the text line that says, BV could go in the middle of Times Square and shoot someone and there would be no consequences. That's from Donald Trump on the text line. So appreciate him listening today. Um, That's good. 405 says Lincoln's buyout puts him at a zero on that list. Which, in case you missed it, we're reading off CBS Sports. Um, They had the coach's hot seat right now. Five being the hottest, zero being, yeah, you're untouchable. Lincoln was at a one, Brent was at a one, and someone's saying the buyout puts him at a zero. I have no idea what his buyout is. 
no clue. Well, they signed him to nearly $10 million a year, or at least that's what the rumors are. And I'm sure there's, there's some really good um, protections in it for him. So it's probably up around the $40 million range. Well, if Jimbo Fisher's buyout doesn't make him a zero, then Lincoln Riley's buyout doesn't make him a zero. Oh, you Mitchell says Jimbo Fisher should buy Jameis Winston all the crab legs he wants for the rest of his life. There has never been a coach who has capitalized off a single, single player like Jimbo. He caught lightning in a bottle and has continued to take it to the bank. Capitalize off Jameis for one year, too. Like, the next year after the title, they made the playoffs. But remember, it was drama yeah. all year long. All year, And they yeah. weren't playing, like, necessarily great football. And they got to the semifinal, and Oregon just destroyed them in the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah. That was the first year, wasn't it? First year of the playoff? Correct, yes. Correct. Wasn't that crazy? Do you remember the first year of the playoff and I thought what it was, a spectacle it was? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, the first game wasn't great. Again, Oregon just blew out Florida State, but it was just fascinating to watch a bowl game, and hey, the winner gets to play again. That's what happens here. And then that Alabama-Ohio State game later that night was a, was a pretty good game. Yeah. Ohio State came uh, back and won. I went to a friend's house, and, you know, there's a bunch of people over there. It was, like a, it was literally like the Super Bowl. It was like Super Bowl Sunday is how it was treated. And it's – Never been treated like that again since, at least not. Will the first round of the four, uh, the 12-team playoff feel like that next year, the first time around? I doubt it, except if, uh, which I don't even know if this is still the case, if they're still doing the home sites for yeah, the first round, yeah, I think, yes. Yeah, I think they're doing the home sites. I think that's the plan for the if first round. If they're doing the home sites for the – first round of the playoffs is going to be that will be a spectacle absolutely so by the way if the season were to end today and if the 12 team playoff were this year OU would get a bye as the four seed and yeah Ole Miss would play at Alabama in one in one game Mm -hmm. Air Force would play at Ohio State go Falcons you'd have uh, Penn State playing at Georgia and Oregon playing at Texas. Well, hang on. Who's Air Force playing again? Air Force is playing at Ohio State. They're the 12th seed, playing at the 5. Yeah. That, number one, interesting that Ohio State is the 5 seed. But if that were the real scenario, like, there's always going to be a massive complaint with whatever college football does. It would be that why in the world this is exactly why we shouldn't have the qualifiers like we do. Till right? Air Force until Air Force beats Ohio State, then Air Force would play OU in a uh, in a bowl game. Why Ohio State is five because the top four seeds go to four different conference champs, and Ohio ah. State would be the highest ranked. At large, so that's why they get the five seed. Yeah, I see. Yeah, not yeah, just yeah. not just the four top ranked teams. You got to be that a conference sense. champ to to get a bye. Yeah, that was a brainless question by me. Yeah. But uh, you basically have eleven of the biggest names in all of college football and Air Force <laughs> in that twelve team playoff. Well, right? isn't there a um, doesn't a non? Well, it's not non Power Five next year. 
Does a non-Power 4 uh, get a spot in the playoff next year? They've been tinkering with that. I don't know if they've came to a decision or not, what the deal is. I'm, I'm sure that'll be a summer thing once we get around to that. But I yeah. thought maybe like the, the highest non-Power 5 would, would get like the 12 seed. I think that it, it – I think there's a place for that, and I don't know how you – how you necessarily do it but it shouldn't just be an automatic and i know there's probably like they have to be in the top 25 or something like that as a qualifier but i mean there's often whenever you can tell that a team is legit and should be have an opportunity to be in it and when they don't they're the highest ranked non-power five air force pretty good man no they are they're good they are they are air force does not necessarily qualify for that this year they're good. Jeff from OKC says, I agree with both of you. I don't see BV leaving anytime soon. He waited so long for this job. He is a one-school college football guy. Yeah. I think that's the case. 918 sure. Dabo, just remember, OU fired Switzer. Anything is possible. And then it's been a while since we've heard uh, from Doug and Norman. But Doug says, what if Brent Venables left to go to Clemson? With the KREF attitude of, you don't leave OU for another college job. Will BV get the same treatment that K-Rev get, gives Lincoln Riley? What if they gave him a $3 million raise like Lincoln Riley got? I think it depends. Um, I think people would be – if he, if it happened right now, people would be pissed. But I think it depends on what his accomplishments looked like whenever that happens, Right. If, I mean, it'd be pretty bad regardless, I think. It would be, yeah, I, it would. Um, but I, I think a lot of the circumstances with Lincoln Riley are, uh, number one, how it happened, right? Essentially lying about it the entire season and then leaving in the middle of the night. That, I if, if, if he would have just been up front with people, then... I'm not saying no one would have cared. Obviously, they, w- they would have cared, but it w- the situation wouldn't have been the same. Well, it feels like you got played during the entire season that year. Like when you right. really found out more details and thought about things a little bit more, the mysterious day off, all that. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he put himself in a really bad situation, worst situation possible with the fans here. Right. So if all of that stuff was the same, then I think Venables would get the same treatment. I don't think he'd be immune to that, but uh, he. And there, there's some honeymoon stuff going on, probably with Venables. You know, last year there was people, a surprising amount of people gave Venables and the program the benefit of the doubt after, after that horrible season. Okay, um, they wanted to believe that it was going to be different, that things have been festering for so long that that we needed change. He's provided that at least, you know. It looks like everything that you want in a program is is happening, and there's real substance behind it. So, I think if he if he won a national championship and then said, "I I feel like I owe it to Clemson to go," I I don't know. I think it, there's a chance that it could be totally. Our different. trust would be. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I just think our trust would be broken for it. We could ever be able to trust. Again, we'd be broken if that happened. Somebody else did it right after him. But you know what, Teddy? Oh, you would find another 
uh, great head football coach. It's happened many times before. Oh, you. I don't done think it. we would. I think we'd be the next Nebraska. <laughs> Maryland, you mean? Maryland. Think we Maryland. turn into Maryland? Um, Camo Sooner. Left. I love that it always comes back to kicking for chicken. Here's the real question, says Camo Sooner. If OU gets to host a game in the new 12-team playoff, will they still do kicking for chicken, or is that the regular season games only? Uh, NCAA won't allow uh, Chick-fil-A to host any type of um, – well, I don't know. I guess Chick-fil-A is – what, is that the Peach Bowl? Were they uh, yes, all over? Yes, correct, yes. Yes, they would do kicking for chicken. But by, by the time we get to 2024, it will depend on your um, – your uh, beliefs on certain topics as to if you get to, uh, you know, sponsor a sponsor an in-game deal like that or not. Well, so listen, sure. here's the real situation. This is all fun to talk about, but there's no way we have a 12-team playoff next year. We won't even probably have a college football season next year. <laughs> we'll be mired in World War III. So it, we'll just keep that as if it's not going to happen, and we'll talk about it like it is. That 12-team playoff is going to be amazing. Just like 2020, man. It's uh, we didn't know if there was going to be a football season, but by God, we acted like there was going to be one, even though the Big Ten tried to chicken out of the thing. Man, can you what would have think about that? The Big Ten tried it. Like they announced it, right? Didn't they announce it and then yes. backpedal after everyone else and said, no, much, we're going to play as much as we've made fun of old Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12. The Big 12 was kind of the first one that said, yeah, I think we're going to it was shortly after the Big Ten announced they weren't going to play. Um, I think it was the Big 12 that was first to say, we're going to try to do this this year, one way or the other. Then the SEC followed suit, and then I think the ACC did, and the Big 10 thought, oh, crap, we were going to be first here. We might have to fall in line with everyone else, and they did. Awesome. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out, Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno. Stay tuned. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. Attention basketball fans. <laughs> A heads up before something bad happens. You should not send that text. Uh-oh. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It's What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at Yalagosny Law? Communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, how about the OKC Thunder, Tyler? They're going to be pretty daggum good. Are we going to have to start talking about them? No, <laughs> not on this show. Okay, they went and whipped the Chicago Bulls on the road, 124 to 104, beat them by 20. Um, Everyone looked good except for Chet whenever he got crossed over by uh, Drummond and went careening to the ground and got made fun of. Uh, Other than that, they looked pretty dang good, Tyler. Sounds like someone's getting sucked back in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. This will be okay. your one segment a day to bring him up, so hope you enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. Back to the uh, the real sport here, National Football League. What do you think of Deshaun Watson getting criticism saying – he just doesn't want to play because of how much money he's making now, and it's it's not really right. – he, he doesn't feel like he has to play, and he's not under pressure to play because of his guaranteed contract. Pretty terrible look, man. I mean, obviously, you know, after the trade to Cleveland, what was happening while he was in Houston, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of that that everyone still thinks about. The fact that he had high expectations with as much money as he was making – expectations were high in Cleveland this year. Um, sounds like they probably hate him up there by, by now, is what I yeah. would guess. Yeah. Um, last thing I've got is Brian Kelly, uh, head football coach at Louisiana State, says, you know, he was asked about the whole Michigan situation and the, the stealing signs and all of that. And he basically just says the fact that the the NF or excuse me college football and the SEC and everyone has not adopted headset communication with the players on the field with the quarterback and your signal caller on defense is uh, silly. Uh, of course they should have that. The NFL's had it now for twenty years. Yeah, that's that's coming to college football. That's I think that's what's going to come of all, all this Michigan stuff is totally agree. Headsets and helmets. That's going to happen. Totally agree. It's it's really weird that they haven't had it. I don't know what the reason is. I wonder why they haven't implemented. Well, Michigan it. would have crossed up the wires and been stealing signs that way too. So who who knows with the paranoia in the sports? But that's 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 coming to this sport. Don't worry about that. Sark, right. Sark was asked today on the possibility of Arch Manning making his debut on Saturday. Quote, I have not made a decision if I'm going to get Arch in there just to get him in there or not. We have discussed that some because I do think there is some valuable experience in there for him, but I have to make sure that is in the best interest of the team. End quote. What do you make of how, that from Sark? How about that, Brim, uh, Brigham Young? They uh, they may just throw a quarterback out there against you to get him some time, and oh, we'll see if, if we if we feel like it or not. Not taking BYU seriously is what it sounds like to this guy. And I think uh, didn't Sark play with Kalani Sataki at BYU? I think they're old teammates. Yes, that's right. I believe that's right. So <laughs> from one old teammate to the other, yeah, I know you guys are bad. We might just throw in our backup there at some point just to see what he can do. See if he can. Uh, See if he's got any wiggle or not if we put him out there. Interesting. Uh, that that game is fascinating to me. Now, I, I don't think it's a very dangerous game for Texas. Um, you never know. You go out and fart around and turn the football over with your new quarterback and anything can happen. But their real week is next week. Um, Kansas State at home, yeah. That's a, which, two big weeks for OU and uh, Texas coming up here soon. Yeah, and that's a big one for, for Texas. But they're going to lose it. I'm just telling you right now. Well, if Kansas you think, State will beat Texas, that's fine. If you think the but if you think Texas is going to lose that game, you don't think Texas is playing the Big Twelve championship. No, I think Kansas State is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I. That's. <laughs> I I can't necessarily hate on that the way that they're playing right now. Seems like they got it figured out. USC I've, head coach. I've never changed that prediction from day one. USC head coach Lincoln Riley said this today. He also said it last year. He said it in 21, he said it in 20, he said it in 19 and 18, I'm sure probably 17 as well, 
But head coach Lincoln Riley said today, quote, we feel like we're a group that's one little spark away from taking off, end quote. Translation, oh, we're close. I thought you were going to say it was the best brisket ever made. Ask Clark. <laughs> no, that was uh, – who, who, who was the other, uh, who was the other uh, uh, coordinator there with him or position coach? Dennis Simmons, Simmons, maybe. I'm sure it was Dennis yeah. Simmons. Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Simmons is always around him. Well, I think they're in need of more than a spark. They – they they need they need bigger and better players defensively. They're small, man, and you know I know that's that's been the big battle for them is trying to get the right type of players in there. But you just look across the board defensively, and I mean they've got a couple of guys, but they just they look so small out there on the second and third level. It's no man. Yeah. I'm sure it's a uh, fun afternoon when your team is sitting around after the season, watching the bowl selection show, seeing where your team is going to go for a bowl game. And you're a smaller school, and the 2023 Bahamas Bowl pops up. Like, yeah, let's go, baby. We may have only won seven, eight games, but we're going to the Bahamas for a bowl game. Heck yeah. Well, we uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago the Bahamas Bowl will not be played in the Bahamas because of the stadium renovations. Uh, it will be played in Charlotte instead, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte's on-campus stadium. Not where the Panthers play. That's awesome. Not an NFL stadium where the North Carolina Charlotte plays instead, instead of the Bahamas. That's awesome. I love the fact that they're taking one of the worst bowls out there that there is, and even whenever there's not a stadium to play it in the different country that it's named after and that it's played, they're still going to press on and have it, not in the Bahamas. In Charlotte. Awesome. Yeah. I think they should just play a seven-on-seven seven game on the beach instead. I don't think those two teams would, would mind that instead of playing, <laughs> no kidding. playing in Charlotte. Um, okay, Denver Broncos fans, just go ahead and turn the, turn the channel, turn off oh, your app no. for about 45 seconds. Yeah, this is, um, is going to cut deep. This is going to be a tough one. If Patrick Mahomes beats the Denver Broncos on Sunday – and he's probably going to. Patrick Mahomes has 17 straight-up losses in his entire career in Kansas City. And his first year in KC was in 2017. If Kansas City wins the game on Sunday, Russell Wilson will have his 17th game uh, loss with the Broncos already. And he's only Ooh. in year two. Pat Mahomes yeah. has 17 straight-up losses in his career in Kansas City. Russell Wilson loses to Kansas City. It'll, he'll already be at 17. He's in year two. Man, I believe that. Um, I believe that the Broncos and Sean Payton are purposely tanking the season, purposely, like going out of their way to try and lose football games. I sure hope so. I hope. I hope that's the reason the seventy burger was thrown up on him uh, about a month ago by the uh, Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Denver's in a uh, in a bad situation right now. Uh, last one I have: uh, the Big Ten apparently can go about their own investigation on the University of Michigan. So I'm sure, like the NCAA, they are asking which uh, wrist they would like to slap, left or the right one. NCAA maybe the left, Big Ten maybe yeah. on the right. Well, the Big Ten is not going to punish them to knock them out of going to make a bunch of money for the for the conference. We know that. 
any idea? Like, do you have a guess to what you think the punishment's going to be? Um, vacate games, man. Then, then that, then that yeah. feel like it. Like vacate the three. What is it? Three, four year stretch, whatever it was. They've got to vacate those wins, bowl games, all that. Which all of means them. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. That's that's probably right. Probably right. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two here from Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. This is the Ref Sports. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Have you been frequently checking the uh, weather updates for Lawrence this weekend? I have not. It uh, doesn't. I, I've been waiting all week long for a, uh, oh, okay, yeah, it's starting to look a little bit more promising. Maybe it's going to clear up a little bit. Haven't it looks worse. That. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks uh, I worse think as weeks gone on. I looked at... Uh, in my phone, for whatever reason, I still have uh, Manhattan, Kansas in there, and the the forecast for Manhattan is a high of 42, and I think a 65% chance of rain or something like that, and the only time it's it's supposed to rain is from like eleven to three o'clock oh, in the beautiful. day. Beautiful, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah, dude, the game's on Big Noon Fox. But Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson aren't even calling this game. Yeah, what was that all about? They they had a last no, I guess it's not last second, but change, and it's like it's they're going not to call typical, the or- right? they're going to call the Oregon Utah game. Maybe they just think that that's a better game, going to do better numbers. I, I I don't know. I found that weird though. I'm surprised Big Noon wasn't at that wasn't a Big Noon game. I guess maybe it was one that yeah. was. Someone else got the rights. Well, too. I mean, and, and the, the, before Colorado, well, BC. Th- this is a time in college football. BC before Colorado, the West Coast, like Mountain Time, West Coast. They hadn't been doing eleven a.m. games there. Just been like That's Central right. Time, Big Ten country, all that. Yeah, but no, uh, no Gus and Joel. I've got some college football look ahead lines for you. Tell me if uh, any of these are tasty to you. I see one tasty one. Bama, a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home against LSU. That's on November 4th. Also on November 4th, Washington, just a three-and-a-half-point favorite at USC. Hmm. I'll take Washington in that Michigan, right Michigan, a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Penn State. Hmm. I'll take Michigan in that, but that's an interesting one. Oregon minus 10 at home against USC on November 11th. I'll lay the 10 with Oregon. Georgia, an 8.5-point favorite at Tennessee on November 18th. Oh, boy. I'm not what do you t- think about I'm that? I'm not touching that one, to be honest with you. Staying away from that one. And then you have Michigan, minus 6.5 against Ohio State at home Thanksgiving weekend. Too much. Give me the 6.5, and, and I'll take uh, the Ohio State. Yeah, football gods maybe won't let Michigan win that game. Who knows? Yep. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final hour coming up next here from Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno.